Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Happy New Year. It's three in a row. It's season three. Let's go. Um, we've got a lot to cover on this episode. It's been a while since we recorded one. A whole World Cup has happened. That's come and gone. So we're going to touch very quickly on that. Um, we're going to catch up with where we left off in the Premier League, or rather where we are right now. Um, the VAR farce that we all witnessed this weekend. Arsenal's title chances as we keep marching on. Uh, the January transfer window, actually, looking at the winners and losers. Um, Ossi Baba and the boys at Napoli uh, looking at their chances in the Champions League. And also the World XI nominees came out um, and, and some other stuff that I'm probably forgetting. Uh, but as usual, we've got uh, Damola and Ifatu in the building. Um, how are we both doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I am glad to be back. Um, sensational times for me, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it uh, at some point. <laughs> but yeah, g- g- uh, great to be back. Uh, I am all right. Um, I had some health stuff. I had to take out a, a tooth, which wasn't fun. Um, but, you know, even with Arsenal, has also been so-so. But, you know... It's a long season ahead. Excited to be back. I know we've been gone for a while and miss chopping up with you guys. Likewise, we miss you. Um, Damo, did yeah. you get your tooth replaced? Uh, no. So I have what the dentist called a, an impacted wisdom tooth, which means it was growing sideways. Uh, so they had to take it out because the way it was, there's a high chance for inf- infection and cavities. And all that stuff. So did that Saturday, had to swallow them out all Saturday. Yesterday, swallow them out was better. Um, today's the first day since then that I'm like, okay, I'm able to go most of the day without being in pain. So, you know, progress day by day. Well, yeah, the- I was going to say, you sound pretty good for someone that's lost a tooth recently. Eh, the magic of ibuprofen. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was yeah. a real pain, man. I remember when I had one of my wisdom teeth removed. That was one of the top five worst experiences of my life. Um, but lads, let's get right into it. Let oh, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, let's talk about that World Cup uh, and that final. Uh, in my opinion, that's the greatest game of football that I've like I've ever watched. It's the greatest World Cup that has ever happened. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. I, I was one of the people a bit apprehensive about Qatar at the beginning of the World Cup, but hey, those people put on a show, man. It's and that, and that final was, you know, even though I predicted Mbappe as the Golden Boot winner, I didn't, I didn't think he would do it like that. That 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 was truly a World Cup and truly a final to fit the occasion. Unreal. <laughs> um, I think most important thing to touch on on this subject is that we correctly predicted most categories. If you guys need to listen to like believe in the boys. Uh, believe yeah. specifically predicted Argentina <laughs> to win a Messi for Golden Ball. Nah, nah, yeah. Well, I predicted that as well. I, I, I mean, I think I my ban- well. my banana peel was Brazil. I, I didn't think Brazil got against Croatia, but yeah, for the most part, because we also predicted, I predicted Golden Boots and Bappe, and uh, our guest Olu predicted Morocco going far. I don't know if he saw them going to. Uh, the semi-finals, but he predicted them at least being the farthest African country. And I think this year we also had like what out of the four African countries, two made it to the next round. Yeah, it was Senegal and Morocco. Tunisia barely didn't make it. Um, Ghana let the occasion get to their head, but at least they took Uruguay with them. Ghana went outside, <laughs> man. I'm sorry, but that should have been us. <laughs> Gotta went out real sad. Um, Damola, that's a nice segue to the first question I want to ask you guys on that. What was your best surprise of the tournament? Um, it could be something you've mentioned already. No pressure on that. <laughs> for, for me, it definitely had to be Morocco. It's, I think those of us who watch AFCON football have seen Morocco. and know that's maybe in AFCON football, just, you know, matchups the way the style of the tournament and the opposition doesn't necessarily fit their football but in international tournaments going in of all the african teams they looked like the ones that had the tools they needed to go for 
And we've spoken about it a bit before the tournament where you come to international football is about to be compact defensively, taking your chance on the offense and being clinical when it came. And they did that all the way from game one. Barely almost made it in the semi-final. It was weird. I, in a weird way, they may have beat France if France was a team that liked more of the ball versus a team that liked giving the opposition the ball. And it almost worked against them. Yeah, but yeah, my big team there in that regard. That's a good good shout. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, every team they played, they are they're a team that thrived on the counter and knew how to manage games compactly, whether in a mid-block or a low block. And France was the one team that was like, you know what? We want you to have more of the possession than us. Yeah. And that That's slightly well. worked against them because throughout the entire tournament. It's not something that I've been asked of them. But yeah, Morocco was my surprise of the tournament. They gave me some star boys. We already knew about Hakimi. We knew about Ziyech when he was feeling it. But shout out to the young lad, Unai, man. That, that, that boy brought me joy the entire tournament. Yeah, and he got a big move to Marseille and he's already started balling out there. So you see, I, bet I, I wanted a bigger move for him than Marseille, to be honest. Baby steps. Well, Baby steps. Exactly. So it's one of those things where he probably thought himself that, okay, you know what? It's like he doesn't have to rush to make that big cash move, right? His biggest contract is still on the way. Let him go somewhere in the midterm, improve, learn, grow, and that big money move will come after. So I actually respect the decision. I was thinking maybe someone like Dortmund would also be good for him, mm. but I think Marseille is a pretty good fit. Also, he can still he can still like shine in the French league. You know, give him some. some He's shining, you know, shining already. Shining. Marseille, pretty much. Marseille just knock out PSG in the cup. They won oh. the cup, yeah, at the expense of PSG. Oh, oh, oh that was the final. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> No um, wonder the PSG fans are going insane. Yo, the PSG <laughs> fans are protesting at the ground right now. <laughs> it's because uh, PSG no, lost yeah. the game. But um, the PSG beat. Pre-World Cup, they were 12 points ahead in the league. They've lost a number of games back-to-back and now it's just five points. So, yeah, the fans are right to be worried, especially going into the Champions League. Yeah, it's when yeah, Bayern League beat them tomorrow in the Champions League. The, the real headache is going to start. Um, but to finish on the World Cup, I mean, honorable mention for me on the best surprise is Japan, um, just for the number of big games that they actually managed to win. And that whole group was insane, you know, the Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, Japan group, uh, and the mm. results that happened there and that moment that they managed to qualify by literally uh, the ball being in the still in the field of play by like a centimeter. Um, Amazing story, man. Oh, that was Japan, right? Yeah, that was Japan. Okay. If I so, I want to ask you then, what was your biggest disappointment of the tournament? Ah, thank God you said of the tournament. Um, my biggest disappointment. Uh, well, let's say disappointment. Uh, I would say disappointment based on uh, relative to everyone's expectations. Cristiano Ronaldo was extremely disappointing. Oof. Extremely. Yes, 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 yes. So he's just um, thrown the tantrum with uh, Piers Morgan, called out our manager for not uh, called out the Man United manager Eric Ten Hag for not um, for not being a good coach and for not respecting him enough. Um, you know, basically um, acted like he's going to you know he's going to do all this stuff with Portugal, and basically gets benched by a 21 year old who basically scores a hat trick um, when given the opportunity to. Um, Portugal get knocked out of the World Cup against Morocco in um yeah, very, very clear fashion. They did not really stand a chance. Like Morocco beat them convincingly. Um and yeah, um Cristiano Ronaldo has basically um ended the good debate, you know. Mm-hmm. The uh, he ended the messy ended. See, I can't even lie. At the end of that World Cup, does this would guy... himself from the debate yeah to, it's to be fair like Messi was sensational but I feel more of it was just Ronaldo not living up to expectation I agree with Ifa yeah. to that you can't make the noise and do what he did pre the World Cup and not deliver it's even your staunchest supporters 
it's it makes it hard for them to back you. I think the funniest thing I saw was when Argentina won that final. One of these Ronaldo stand accounts that would be Cristiano seven or something. Um was trying it was was trying to be like um oh even if you do this even the basically trying to like chalk it up as Ronaldo is still the goat. And one of the people following him quoted it. I was like, man, we don't try for you, brother. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, Ronaldo wasn't, it's, I'd say for me, he he's like, himself. yeah, I'm he's, he's the second biggest disappointment. Mine was actually Belgium. Um, like I knew this Belgium golden generation was older, but the disaster class from, the Breuner, the drama, the drama we're seeing France will have was what Belgium was having, if I've been very honest mm. with ourselves. Yeah. Like, it's it also made me question the Breuner's greatness to the point where he's the Breuner system player. Because how can you, before your own team, be saying to the media, I don't know if he said it personally already to the team, that, yeah, his team doesn't stand a chance in winning the World Cup. What type of mentality is that? That that that's the opposite of elite mentality. Mm-mm-mm. I would say I would say that comment probably came from more of like frustration with like, I mean there's the, I mean these are human beings and there's interpersonal relationships between the players, and I feel like uh, Kevin De Bruyne had witnessed certain um, um I don't know certain conflicts privately within the squad, uh, and he probably was a part of one or two of them. And um, he just lashed out. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is not a captain. Kevin De Bruyne is not, and, and, and not everybody is a captain. Not every player is a captain. Not every player should be held onto the levels of expectations of a of a great captain. And I, yeah, I, I don't particularly think it's fair to um, chalk up um, Belgium's um, disaster class because that was what it was. To be honest, they were really disappointing. Your correct, Amala, but um, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. De Bruyne is the name that is uh, synonymous with the disaster class, um, especially because I feel like I mean he didn't play too well in the first game I think, but other than that, I don't believe he stood out particularly as that, that's the know, problem as, because he didn't. Yeah, play exactly. Well. It's you I can't guess. be a player as good as De Bruyne and be mid. Like the reason yeah, why Soto Ronaldo is and they didn't use him yeah. well. Yeah, the team was poor. The Bruyne was mid. If I've been very Honest, yeah, right? They didn't use him. I mean, like, what's even a greater shock to me? My biggest disappointment of the tournament, based on their actions after the tournament, is Portugal. Because I don't know if you guys are aware, but Roberto Martinez is the new coach of Portugal, as in Belgium's coach in this World Cup. Um, meanwhile, Belgium have actually appointed uh, Tedesco, who's a decent coach. Um, in German football. Um, Martinez Martinez failed upwards on that one. I can't even front. Yeah, he fell upwards. How can he fall into the Portugal role? Like, oh. So yeah, everything that know, we just saw with Belgium is about to display first class the same with Portugal. You know what? I'm not sure. Because it's I don't think Portugal will give him the same eight years that Belgium gave him, in fairness. Um but like as a whole, I do think this Portugal team is a be- better all-round team than the Belgium team. Yeah, for that, sure. That, Mart- that Martinez inherited, actually. Yeah, and they only got worse under Martinez's too. Let's see. I think there's another situation where he will, like... Um, he'll Fail easily, Yeah, he'll be able to coast. Like, he can do three years, guy, of qualification. They, they become the number one team in the world based on rankings, blah, blah, blah. Um... And definitely in the big tournaments, they're not going to do anything because I don't really. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy because that that Portugal team is such a good. It's weird. It's sad that Ronaldo was the person holding back that Portugal team. They're such a good team. Everybody fits. Like it's so. My brother Emmanuel, he's a United fan, and during the whole Ronaldo tantrum, he just got turned off. Uh, Ronaldo and everything and he was like yeah the boys he can't sell to the club mm. um, and during the entire thing Emmanuel was like yeah watch Portugal drop Ronaldo and see how their life changes 
And that's legit what happened. The one thing he did fight the Portugal coach for was he wasn't starting Rafael Leao off the left, which I also yeah, sort of agree with. Like, um, but on that note, uh, I think that should seal our World Cup roundup. Um, it was actually good to take a little trip down memory lane. It was it was one for the books, and it definitely gave me, um, yeah, the most interesting tournament I've seen so far in my life, and the best football match ever. Argue with yourself. Yeah, don't disagree. Um, let's talk about the January transfer window, shall we, lads? Um, it's probably good to start with winners and losers, but can anybody, like, it was really all about Chelsea, wasn't it? Um, and I think Arsenal made some interesting moves as well. Uh, but if I too, um, who would you say won the transfer window? And on top of that, I would love to get your take on United. Uh, yeah, so my winners for the January transfer window is definitely Chelsea, obviously. Um, they signed everybody they wanted to sign. Uh, only one that you wanted to sign, they signed them. <laughs> um, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I really like I really like um, Mikhailo Medrick. I, I don't know if you guys know, but I spotted him out like a long time ago, like maybe, I don't know, nine months ago or so. Um, and I was saying on a couple of private group chats that whoever signs this guy um, is going to be really lucky because I considered him a world beater at the time. And um, sure enough, as soon as, um, so, well, soon enough, Arsenal started having like really strong links with the, the player. And it seemed as if Mudrick himself wanted to join Arsenal, uh, which really gave me a lot of um, headache. Uh, Chelsea went ahead to sign him for like 100 M. Um, in addition, they signed Enzo Fernandez um, and a couple of other big signings, lots of them really. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Chelsea are definitely the biggest winners because they got who they wanted. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't really turned out um, the way they planned for it to turn out. Uh, but, yeah, that's yet to be seen. I think time and, and the removal of Cucurella because that guy is really a big <laughs> guy. He needs to be eliminated from his squad. Uh, and yeah, I think with time, uh, Chelsea's team would basically start popping off. Um, um, yeah, it's just a matter of time, really. Chelsea's um, team going to be deadly. Um, just, sorry, before you yeah, go into the jail. But they spent $600 million on new signings. A dozen dollars. A bit mad. Well, I think this is the point where if you're a Chelsea fan, you're definitely happy that you're getting who you want and if you're a football fan you're looking at it like in football we do this fake morality thing and i don't want to do it but there should be a question of how the hell are they able to spend this especially given some of the charges that has recently come up with city because that number is an astronomical amount chelsea spent one third of the total money this january signing if not more Something they something spent more than that. all the other uh four leagues in the top five combined, exactly. So, I think that's um, that should be and really they're good. ruining the market for everybody, they're ruining the market, overpaying for players. Enzo is not worth 120, Woodridge is not worth 100. Um, and to be honest, I'm just from now from this day forward, let's be known publicly. I'm a Chelsea hater, can't stand the club. Um, that being said, the squad is obviously destined for greatness because it's just crazy talented right now. Um, Mudrich, me, I know they see Amsha. I thought he was mad against Liverpool, but other than that, yeah. But I, I, I watched some some clips recently of how Cucurella is just not it. You know, they're on the same wing, and man, this guy can really be playing him through. And if like if he had a bit more quality, or if this was Cho, I don't know about Chua because Chua really advances himself. But yes, if this was a fullback with a bit more quality, attacking, uh, attacking minded fullback, I'm so surprised with Cucurella. You know, I, I, I used to bring him in on my fantasy when he was still at Brighton. I don't know what he's doing right now. The guy is just making so many backward passes, so more, so many, um, you know, counterproductive movements that just suggest that when the guy is playing against Chelsea, I think um, he's not used to playing against low blocks. So I'd like yeah. to explore the space more. Yeah, it's a, it's an adjustment. Also, 
he didn't come into a Chelsea team that was playing well and was just trying to find a way to fit in. He came to a Chelsea team that wasn't doing well. He, unfortunately, with the same coach he knows. So there's some tendencies he probably has to correct. And I know, I'm not going to hold it against him. He's not been good, like without a shadow of a doubt, but it's his first season there. Same thing with Modric. Modric's been there, what, barely a month. I'm not going to hold it against him that... Is not the world beater yet. There's enough that we've seen that tells us that when it clicks, he's going to be dangerous for the league. And yeah, and yeah. So maybe that's also part of the reason why I'm a bit salty at Chelsea. But like as part of a wider conversation, like football is not sustainable as it is right now. If that is the level of spending that's going to be needed to continue to compete at a high level then that's not sustainable because how much money is even coming in for people to be spending that amount of money? Yes. And the other thing is it forces players into weird contracts, bro. Like everybody signing seven-year contracts, that's that's madness. Like that, those are like 360 deals. You are not meant yeah. to be signing those. Yeah, like you're signing your, like your career, you know, the prime of your whole career away. Uh, uh, apparently, apparently that's part of why like these deals are even possible. Um, yes, it course. seems that Bully's lawyers um, found some sort of loophole in the FFP team. So they are not like making all the signings obvious yeah. of so the FFP you, you, pay, you pay 120 million for Enzo Fernandez, but you pay for it over eight years if you sign over an eight seven, year exactly. contract. Yeah, exactly. Or long it is. Um, so you're not paying 120 upfront, you know, you're paying 15M a year. Um, Amortization is what they call it. Yeah, amortization. I was afraid to pronounce that word. <laughs> um, uh, I, I thought it was weird how they didn't register Badiashil Lee, Lee Badiashil yeah, for the Champions, for the Champions League. League game. Yeah, uh, given the fact that he's starting every Prem game. Yeah, he's hit the ground running and he's starting every Prem game. And he isn't he? Decent. No, but it's not just him though. They didn't register Modric and stuff, but isn't that because of the whole European uh, youth loophole thing? Where technically if they're under a certain age, they don't have to register them through the regular. Oh no, that doesn't that doesn't work for those guys because you need to have been playing in the club for two years for in order to play in the Champions League that way. Um I think they registered Mudrick. They went for Jao Felix, Mudrick, and Enzo, no? Or was it somebody else? They, they registered Mudrick to to the uh, to my yeah. own, to the best of my own. Uh, they, they registered Mudrick. Um, but so Badia Show, like he would he would be able to play if they could find use that loophole. Know, but um, but they can't. I, I think it'd be interesting to see. I mean, we'll get onto Champions League predictions later. Uh, if I had to conscious, I cut you off. Um, before you were about to heap praise on Eric Ten Hag yeah. and United's amazing transfer, not just transfer, but. Fucking turnaround. I don't know if you're being. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but you're actually correct. Um, I I quite like um how Man United have been going about um business since Eric Ten Hag joined. Um, obviously, I, I I wasn't really much of a fan of the Anthony signing for was it eighty m or hundred m, um. But other than that, really, um, I've really like enjoyed how we're going, especially the January transfer window. Um, we are not out here trying to create the impression that Man United have money to spend because uh, we don't really have money to spend actually we're trying to to switch boards and you know there's a changeover pending so um, I'm happy with the business that we did um, we got uh, Marcel Sabitza from, Bas- uh, from Bayern Munich and I am very 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 happy about that signing Loki like the guy can do so many things he can take up Casemiro's role. He has shown he can take up Casemiro's role. He, uh, I used to think he had like positional, uh, the positional discipline problem, you know, because he the guy tends to like move forward and he likes to like tends to forget his um, his um, defensive duties, especially when you're depending on him to be like your your DM and you know the guy that picks the ball up from the defense and drives it uh, to the to the to the attack. Um, but yeah, he's uh, in Casemiro's absence. He's really done um, a, a great job. Uh, so yeah, I'm very happy with that signing. Um, also, the striker Valt Vegust. Um, he, 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 the guy is doing the job. The guy's work rate is insane, and we got him for what two two mil, two like two mil loan fee, you know. So it's these are these are very low risk. Uh, these are very low risk um, deals. 
if it doesn't work out, bro, we we'll send you back to Burnley. Um, you know, um, I'm pretty sure he's going back to Burnley anyway. You know, so it's just um to help send, us steady. Send him back to Burnley. It's already not worked out. No, you cannot say that. that that's, no, but that's he's not. Your, he's not going to be like the number nine that propels you to like. It's worked out as a loan no, signing. No, no, no. He's certainly. Yeah, he's certainly not going to. I don't think he's going to be. He's, the move is going to be made permanent. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be. But I am going to say that I respect um his addition to the squad and his impact. And I yeah, like w- w- what was I going to expect of Valdi Gust? You know, I wasn't going to expect. I wasn't expecting a world beat. I wasn't expecting someone that was going to go and hit the ground running. Um, the guy is putting in the work rate. Um, in the last game, they literally pulled him to the number ten position, and he made this really slick pass to Garnacho for the equalizer. Sorry, I said not sorry, equalizer for the second goal. Um, so um, I'm 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 really liking I'm really liking the way the team is going. I'm liking how we've gone about the transfer window because you know next time no they're not going to take Man United. The mind Chelsea are the new Man United now. You know, um, Chelsea want to sign a player, they double the fee, you know, because they know that they have the money. All right. Uh, Man United, it's not going to be, it's not so much that anymore. You know, it's like, do you want to join Man United or not? If not, you know, we're going to move to somebody else. And so the player would have to do a bit more of the pushing uh, and uh, the clubs will not be trying to um, to milk us dry. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with Man United's transfer window. Sensational. Um, I would be too, and clearly United as a team are flying. Uh, I mean, let's just ask now. United in the title race. We'll get into that. Title race. Yes. Let's let's be honest. United are in the title race. Bro, bro, bro. Let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you what it is. Um, I will not say United are in the title race. I will say United have put themselves in a position to take advantage of um any slip ups. Um, we cannot really say it doesn't depend on us. We are five points away. From you know what? I I respect I respect I respect your scopes. Do you know why? For the last like nineteen weeks, I was doing the exact same thing. So I can't fault I can't fault this your approach. It's, it's spectacular. Uh, hope for the worst. <laughs> expect. Uh, more streets are saying United and the race. Forget that, yes, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. United, United so are definitely yeah, in the title. You guys are free. You guys are free. So, th- this is what I'll say, though. It's something we should, and I know we're going to talk about Arsenal City coming up, but something I think we can all agree is for a variety of reasons, the league is tougher this year. Like, especially between the top teams, the way I look at it is you have like three, four teams playing. Pretty quality football as Arsenal, City, United, and Newcastle, right? Then there's a gap between fifth, between fourth and fifth. Then you have like a conglomerate of five to ten, right? All those teams yeah. are shoved are, are battling out for the remaining like uh two European positions, Europa League, Conference League, whatever. And then you have the bottom ten. The gap between the top and the bottom 10 is not as much as it used to be. Mm. If you mm. think about it, right? Like, this is going to be one of those hard relegation seasons where, except Southampton, who God knows what they're doing, Everton is going to be scrapping for points. Um, Bournemouth is going to be scrapping for points. Um, who else is in there? Leeds are going to be scrapping for points. So, like, it's a long season. There's a lot to go on. And not only that... The gap between those top teams and those six teams below them in the top 10 is not as much as it used to be. Before, City will know that, okay, anybody except the traditional top six, quote-unquote, they can go and slap them up and keep it pushing. Automatic W on their calendar. But we're seeing teams mm-hmm. struggling against Brentford, struggling against Brighton. Um, those guys are playing pretty well, by the way. Exactly. City that is beating everybody, going to Spurs to lose. So, like... There's a there's a consistent like it's a tougher league. Part of that could be the World Cup, right? I think something this February we're seeing is the effects of the World Cup and just the amount of games um these players have been playing, whether with injuries or intensity or different things. Like United is playing well, but for the most part, a number of the teams around them aren't executing to the level they were the weeks before the World Cup and maybe the first two weeks after the World Cup. And that could, part of it could be World Cup fatigue, right? We've also started seeing a bit more injuries. You guys lost Ericsson to a really bad injury. 
Arsenal, yeah. not not necessarily World Cup related, but like we're having players like uh, Emil Smith Rowe struggling to get back from injury, same with Rios Nessia and stuff. Like these players have played a lot of football over the last couple of years, and I think we're beginning to see that in February. So we're getting towards the again time of the season, and we'll see what everybody is made up. So that being said, yeah, United is in a title race. Is may not be one they expect to win, but they are definitely there, given just the amount of different factors. Everybody playing Europe, um, everybody having an insane fixture list. We don't know what injury will go. Um, Cancelo leaving City for Bayern is another banana pill I didn't think will happen to City because they had the complete squad, but all of a sudden now it appears they have a bit of a weakness can, can, there. Can, can, can we talk about that for a second? Why did Cancelo move to Bayern? Because you know, is it things are what falling off? Yeah. Things are think the wheels are falling off at City. That's why guys are tired so, of chopping bench for no reason. And Pepsi so, do you know what's up. funny? What What's funny is it's from both of them when they spoke about it, and this may just be like you know media training. It didn't sound like there was any beef between them. It just sounded like mm-hmm. a see, I want to play for whatever reason, tactically or otherwise. You are not playing me right now. So let's find a solution that works out for everybody. And they found a solution that worked out for everybody. There was now, definitely you know, beef, by the way. There was definitely beef. There was beef, man. Bro, was you don't move beef. that quickly. With the, how many years has Bernardo Silva been shouting for game time? Guy, there no, was beef. But, this guy but see, it's different. No, no, no. But see, this, this is what I'll say. Two slightly different things, right? Bernardo Silva's request has always come in the summer. That's one. Two, the way they talk about Bernardo Silva's professionalism, that see, Bernardo Silva is one of those people that, even though he's angry with you and he's upset, he doesn't affect the quality he puts on the pitch. That's the second thing. And, and the third three, thing, Barcelona are not ready. To, to, exactly. To, to and, and, the, and the third thing is, Bernardo Silva, the way his contract is set up and his time at City, nobody's meeting his value. City have a policy, and you may say it's very, quote-unquote, nice of them, that see, if any of our players want to leave, as long as somebody matches the value we want, we're willing to let them go. Facts. Right? Facts. And you can see, you've seen that they did that for Jesus, they did that for Zinchenko. They've even they done it for... They did that for Sterling. They've even widely done it for Cancelo. They did it for Garcia that went to... Garcia that went Bro, to... They didn't, uh, they didn't do it for Cancelo. They didn't do it for They did now. 70 million. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 70 option. million buy option. So... No. It is. Yeah. It's a loan yeah, but, with a yeah. 70 million buy option. Yeah, but it's... it's Yeah, it's, it's, it's not mandatory, you know. Bi- so, Bayern, so, Bayern, Bayern have communicated that they are very unlikely to meet that valuation. Yeah, and do you guys know that Cancelo went to Bayern for free? Like there wasn't even two pounds paid as loan fee. Are you guys aware hey, of this? But they're covering his Again. wages now. Don't let Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let Chelsea. Pay loan fee of, of, of course yeah, they have. To, yeah. they, of course they're no. covering his wages. Of course they're covering no. his wages. No, no, but that's not always the case, right? Usually, when it's a loan, sometimes the parents' club covers some of the wages. So yes. even so, even though like. Chelsea, again, Chelsea has messed up this transfer window with the fee they pay for Felix, with the loan fee they are paying for a bunch of players. Chelsea has spot this transfer window, right? The, them will you tell, me that, will you tell me that Chelsea are not covering 100% of, uh, uh, what do you call it, Jao uh, Felix's uh, loan They are now, but we yeah, all agree that we paid yeah. too much for that. Yeah, like, see, me and Topi actually agreed about this a bit, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. what, 11 million in total for the loan fee and the wages for matter of fact, six. let's get to that argument right now. Forget Joe Felix. This guy is telling me that Arsenal had a terrible. This guy is coming for is on Twitter with the rest of the Arsenal fans. Guy coming for Edu's head. Like so, let me for okay. his head. If I no, 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 what? Let me let me explain yourself. Hold on, hold on. This is my argument, right? I think it was a below par. It, let me rephrase. Let me put it this way. Looking at the transfer window in isolation, if in a black box you told me before January and after January that we're going to get reinforcement of Trossard, Jorginho, and this promises centre-back we got to Gabriel, for Gabriel, I would have told you that is a good window. We spent, what, all in all, less than 50 million on all those transfers, and we got mm-hmm. to loan Lokonga out. Wait. The one thing I would say is I would have preferred the centre midfielder coming in 
but we have what we have. ESR coming from back from injury and stuff should help alleviate some of those pains we are currently feeling in the midfield. Sorry, in sorry, black, so you, want, you want you want a central midfielder? Yeah, as backup for Jaka or one of those people there. Yeah, but what is Georgino? So again, that's what I suppose. Yeah, it's Georgino's backup for party. But in a black box, right? If you told me what a transfer window would be, I would have told you this is a good transfer window. It's not A, but it's like B plus, A minus, maybe. But I'm not looking at it in isolation. If you look at the fact that all the star players we wanted, and that is the problem I was highlighting to talk about, that it is possible for you to say in isolation, these are good signings that should help us push for the title. But also saying, we went for Felix, missed out to Chelsea. We went for Caicedo. We couldn't get him for reasons between Brighton. We went for Mudrik, missed out for apparently payment structure or something. And then he went to Chelsea. If you look at what was promised with those three, those three weren't only meant to help us with our in-season challenge. They were signings for the future. So when you look at in totality, that's why I said our transfer window was mid, maybe even worse than mid. Because this is what was initially promised. This is what we went for. But that's this is what we you? ended who up with. Like, that's my problem, though. Like, who promised you? I don't yeah, understand. Those, <laughs> like, but those are the targets. Talk about, that's, those that's were the, the targets. Those were the targets. We paid uh, what we felt, or we offered fair prices for all of those players, or for both of those players. You can't tell me that 95M for Mudrik was not enough. You can't See, tell me that 70M plus even for Caicedo was not enough. Brighton didn't want to get the deal done. That's no fault of anybody's. And instead of finding somebody else, we've done the right thing, find short-term cover, Jorginho on a 16-month deal, whatever, boom, come in and fix the problem in the short term. Better better cover than Elneny. Um, The Mudrick situation, first of all, that guy, do you even see that he liked, I even forgot to mention that he was liking somebody's post about career should pass. The ball. He's clearly a bad egg, to be honest. I'm happy with inside that guy. Nah, he's God's nah, will. He just, guy is God's will. That fight is not Arsenal, man. You can't blame Arsenal for that. Like, or so, you can perhaps like, maybe the way they the way they dealt with is someone not blaming Arsenal happened. for not signing Mudrik. Yes, I, so I'll put it this way. My my blame, my poor my problem point is this, right? I think between all of us, we all knew the amount to this clause we're asking for. It's not like this amount was changing during the transfer window. That, oh, maybe at the beginning, it was widely reported that Shakhtar wanted 80 million. Then one would be that they were like, actually, to take 90 million. From the get go, the amount, the benchmark has been Anthony for Mudrik, using that as an example, just the Mudrik offer yeah. as an example. And so, if, great. so, no, no, now let me land. If your own thing is you are not going to pay that amount from the get-go, that's fine. But if a club has said, this is my price, and then you're not trying to haggle it, it's just bad looks, right? Because for me, what it comes down is, yeah, we've gotten good recruitment. Shout out to Edu. I'm not going to say Edu hasn't done good stuff. What is your answer? Martinelli is a find. Um, Some of development work done with Saka. Edu has been key with this in Chelco and Jesus deal. Let's see how Marquinhos, the one that they loaned to Norwich, turns out. But he's done some pretty good work. So I'm not going to come out here and say Edu hasn't done good work. I'm saying it's a problem when the only good work it appears you can do is low-hanging fruit, if that makes sense. Right? He hasn't been able to sign a single one of the players that star players, quote-unquote, big transfers that we've wanted to sign. And let's say we win the season and everything is going well. In the future, that becomes a problem. Because like you said, it's either we're doing the deal or we're not. I, I like City's approach with this. With the Kukurea deal, they went in the beginning, told Brighton, we're going to pay 35 million, yes or no. Brighton said, no, we want 50. They deaded the deal. Chelsea came with the 50 to Kukurea. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But not but this haggling that... narrative then. Ultimately, that's like... What's no, but like, there's this, the, there's the haggling. There's the haggling. There's yeah, the okay. No, I'm going to put 35. Like, I'm going to put 40. I'm going to put and da da da. They they they're a bit too much in Arsenal's business. They peddle this certain narrative that just creates yeah. everything just moving mad toxic now. See, uh, 
again, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to say I'm upset with the business we did, but for what was promised or what was initially targeted, let me not use the word promised, what was initially targeted is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. Does it improve our squad? Yes. But for what was initially targeted, what was gotten at the end is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. That's fair. We can agree there, but I, 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 I just won't take the slander. No, what I would actually say, honestly, even as, as an opposition fan, I would say I like how Arsenal have been going about transfer business since Arteta, uh, since Arteta joined, and even more recently. Um, the Mudrick situation was more of a special one. The guy is a special player. Um, there's a lot of agitation from the fans because they really want the guy. The guy seems to want Arsenal. Arsenal wants the guy. So right. I, I, He was I, twerking I, I for us. I can yeah, I can get Arsenal compromising a bit, and you know because I th- I don't I don't believe Arsenal um um, um initially bid uh ninety five m for him. They bid maybe sixty something, then seventy something, and then finally got up to ninety five mm-hmm. when Chelsea were already when Chelsea were already um, um perching and sniffling the situation. You know I don't think you were ever going to win um a being war with Chelsea, especially seeing the spending power that they you know they 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 are willing to show. Um, in recent time. So um, the only thing you might have been successful in doing was um, maybe bringing your deal up to, I don't know, 100M, offering him 100K per week, and then Chelsea offer him 250, and then you're out, you're blown out of the water. But um, there, I don't think there's any way you blame um, um, Edu for not getting Mudrik because there's no chance you're going to... The only way you were going to get Mudrik was if you beat that 100M in at the beginning, at the first try, at the first chance. And let's face it, um, the the kid is not worth a hundred m at least not now, um. So I don't think it's I think I, I think that, that it's a message. Time, they'll rule that price yeah. again, honestly. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, it's a message uh, that Arsenal are not going to compromise uh, their values, um, uh, just because their target, uh, you know, has grown wings and the clubs are trying to be difficult. And I think that's a Thank good you. message to pass across. Thank you. I think that's a good message to pass across. I, I so, appreciate that. Uh, Arsenal appreciates that. Um, let's uh, let's let's park it on the transfer window and use Arsenal to segue into. I know we've done so already, but uh, to talk more about the league main um, this weekend uh, that we just had uh, uh, the VARS that we have seen um, from the officials. That's the, the farce of VAR. Uh, three mad calls. Uh, starting with Brighton having a goal disallowed for offside after VAR drew the guard lines on the wrong player. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, uh, guy, why are people not losing their jobs? Like, I don't understand. Like, wh- wh- where are the consequences? You know, what, what they, you know, we see Casemiro, Casemiro um, um, dragged, uh, what's his name, by the by the neck. You know what so, happened? So John Brooks, uh, and, the guy, the guy who made the Brighton call, was um was it the same guy? Was John it the same Brooks. guy? Because John Brooks was the Arsenal guy. I don't know what. No, know what was I John, mean, John Brooks. I think it was Lee Mason that was the Arsenal guy. No, uh, no, John Brooks. Lee Mason uh, was the Arsenal guy. I want to say Lee Mason. Lee Mason was the Arsenal guy. Lee Mason. No, we'll Demo will get. Lee Mason is a bust. The five points so, that this season. Okay, so but hold on. Before I two points, right? Before I, I can tell you're about to go on one. Um, yeah. I was just going to tell Ifa to that John Brooks, the guy who made the Brighton error, he was actually dropped for the Liverpool Everton game tonight and for the City. The Arsenal, Arsenal one, yeah, yeah I know. I know. as a result. And Lee Mason, um, that's not enough. Lee Mason, I don't know what they've done with him because he's the same guy that um, denied. Lee Mason has uh, a history. Yes. Lee Mason is denied Martinelli's goal against United. The Premier League came and apologized to us. No, 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 no. Yes, Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, I, I just, I had an argument earlier today about that that Martinelli one. Yes, I agree. Um, the problem is that the law is not being followed. The Arsenal situation. What happened was a phase of play was over. The referee had made a decision based on that phase of play, and they cont- and he allowed play to go on. And then when Martinelli scored a goal, he went back to the previous phase of play and used that to disallow the goal. I agree. That's wrong. But we can also say, if we are saying that the referee should be correct and do, the, do his job correctly, we can also say that the referee should have blown the damn whistle when Odegaard fouled Ericsson because he did not get the ball, he did not touch anything, it's, and he just got the man. It's giving Lee Mason apologist. It's giving Lee Mason apologist. Well, no, he's not. I would say we, we, can, we can hang Lee Mason on the cross 
for so many other reasons. But I don't think the Arsenal Man United one is a good one to 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 haggle upon. I think we can just get by so, that one. And, uh, let's see, you know what? If we don't even count the Arsenal Man United one, Arsenal have lost nine points this season because of terrible VAR decisions. And I'll just highlight the point I've been saying forever. The problem is not the technology, it's the bloody English referees. They are so terrible at their job. Someone made a point that English referees are actually more protected than English police, despite some of the atrocities, if you think about it. <laughs> like, no, think about some of the outlandish stuff we've seen in the Premier League, even with technology, right? The whole point of technology is you get the call right. You may say, okay, you want to get the call right on time or quickly, but your priority is getting the call right not it takes a short time for the call to be made which is why another thing i'm upset about is the way some of these british pundits are going about talking on um the technology they talk about it as if the technology is the problem because it means occasionally no the decisions don't come the decisions don't come quickly rather than talking about the quality of the officiating right the technology is meant Exactly. The technology is meant to enhance your ability to do your job. If you are always shit, technology enhances how shit you are. If you are good, technology enhances how good you are. I don't complain about technology like this in Germany. I don't complain about it in Italy. It's always England. Why is it always England? Premier League officials have been shit since the beginning. The quote-unquote best league in the world. Um, Wenger bro, like, said bro, I, I, I think, I think the, like, it's so scandalous, the Brighton and Arsenal won. The Brighton bro, won. Brighton was on the Brighton wrong, zone is like, worse. You drew the line on the wrong player and disallowed a perfectly good goal. As an oh, Arsenal fan, from... I'll tell ah, you that as an Arsenal fan, mad. That Arsenal one paid me, mad. but that Brighton one is yeah, worse. Brighton Again, was, the Brighton one was 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 actually the most scandalous one. But yeah, the Arsenal Again. one, you totally forgot to draw the line as per Again. what? As per what? Again, like, Baba Wenger said it right a long time ago. When he dies, he's going to God is going to ask him heaven or hell, and he's going to ask God where the referees are because that's what English referees deserve. Useless is, punch. Is it, is it like they need the, to do like drug screening for these English referees? Because guy, <laughs> Limesin might have been high or something. Because I don't understand how you forget to draw the line. Yo, you for, like, like do you know what the worst part is, bro? There's an assistant. Oh. There's two guys in that room. It's not like it's just one dude. It's like there's a pilot, there's a co-pilot. The rumor be co-pilot be yes, co-pilot is watching. Like, yeah, yeah, room, no mistakes, Bob, all good. They were hot box in that room. Same, same, same way for the for the um Arsenal Brentford one. Like you've seen, the guy has forgotten to check for the second offside, and you said nothing. <laughs> like you said nothing. Like what are you doing as a co-pilot? Uh, all those nah, are sad. Nah, like nah. this is all like it's not even funny because ultimately leagues are decided on this thing. Honestly, people's careers. I don't know how clubs are not taking legal action. Salary are decided on these things. At the end like, of the season, right? Again, Arsenal. Those all those things. Arsenal have, again. I'm not even counting the United one, which I think should have gone away. But let's count the other ones except the United ones because you can let's say let's not count. Let's not count. No, no. Let Let's count the other ones except the United ones because you said that United one it should have been three two. Let's just do it hypothetically. If we had gotten the nine points that they cost us, we're not we're not under pressure ahead of this game on Wednesday. But it is what it is. We have to be two in front of us and yeah. keep it moving. Um, I mean, just to end on that, the, the Champions League is introducing semi-automatic um, offsides uh, going into the, the next round of fixtures. Um, so I think the Premier League should probably consider doing that because that will just solve everything. And no, none of this forgetting to draw lines and da-da-da, at least. Um, not going to solve everything, but in terms of the offside calls anyway, um, which is ridiculous. Uh, we've got five minutes Um left guys so i want to use that chance to do some quick hits i'm just going to ask you guys for uh, a bunch of opinions um uh let's see what you come up with okay arsenal city on wednesday who's going to win arsenal 2-1 draw 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 well in my humble opinion my head is telling me that uh, well all the experts are saying that arsenal is going to win well, from what I can see, it looks like City are about to pounce us 3-1 to City. I hope I'm wrong. Um, 
But I think it's going to be a good game of football regardless. Oh, it's yeah. going to be a fantastic. Like, this is, the, somebody said, it's the biggest game in the Emirates since uh, that United semi-final, which we don't really count. Yeah, um, that's true. And yeah, the fact is the biggest game in the Emirates for a very, very, very long time. And I wish the boys all the best, man. Um, we haven't spoken about Man City's corruption, um, but perhaps we wait for further details to emerge on that before we kind of have a stance. Uh, but hopefully, oh, but there's no smoke without fire. fire. There's no Facts. smoke. Facts. Without fire. And the last oh. time they got away with it because of the the statute of limitations on certain crimes <laughs> in UEFA. Premier League does not have that. Yep. I, I will say this though, we're still waiting for more information, but it should have been suspect when City's books came out and they said they have more revenue than United and Real Madrid. That's uh, what I'm saying. It's, bad guys. They, they, they want things. <laughs> the revenue. You get a lot of money when you win. So we can't Again, like, hey man, I, I get winning and all that, but see, like I said, let's see what more information comes out. Who was watching Man City on TV? <laughs> what is the capacity of the stadium? How many fans are coming? <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing though from however the city investigation boils out is what the resulting will be like if city are found guilty, what happens at the end? Because yeah. somebody argues somebody argues, right? The whole reason that City is actually being charged now is the whole thing about um UK government wanting the Prem to have independent regulators. And this is the Prem in a sort of way saying, look, we can regulate ourselves. So I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I do believe there's probably a bit of that going in. But if I'm being honest to myself, I do believe City may have been doing some financial doping. And yeah, let's I see think, what the investigation brings out. Both ways, you're right. Uh, good call on, on, on the independent panel. The, I, I think I even saw something that one of the guys that is judging the case or the guy that's been put in charge of this is an Arsenal fan. He's an Arsenal Red um, member holder. Um, which some city fans did not like, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I get that. No, they, that's a very valid thing to protest, yeah. and they should protest. Fair enough. Um, we are not going to get to the world XI nominees, I don't think so. But mm-hmm. I would love to rattle through the round of sixteen fixtures, uh, for UEFA Champions League to get a quick spot test on who you guys think is going to go through over the two legs, um, and then we can kind of watch that as the weeks go by. Uh, to finish this game. Um, sorry, to finish the episode. Um, okay, so Leipzig versus Man City. Who do we have? Damo? City. Batu? City, I can answer that one for him. Um, Club <laughs> Bruges versus Benfica. Benfica. I'm going Benfica. Benfica. Sorry, I was muted last time. Let's go. No pasa nada. Um, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. 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 Um, I'm banking on Champions League heritage for the yeah. reigning champions. No love for Liverpool, but yeah, man. Madrid. But to be fair, I have this feeling that champs could be the thing that Liverpool used to, like, I don't know, to steady the ship even in the Prem. Like, I not think against Madrid, man. Not against Madrid. Run. Madrid are not that good this season. Like, Madrid, That's, let's see. Madrid and his... In, in a similar position uh, with Liverpool, just yeah. not as bad. Yeah, okay. Um, AC Milan versus Spurs. Spurs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <you>? Spurs. Spurs. <laughs> you guys are both wrong. Milan are going through. Um, Frankfurt versus Napoli. Napoli. This Napoli. is a moment to shout out Osimhen, Kovarskelia. And... Shout out to Victor. He's been balling. Yeah, man. Okay. And actually also shout out to Ademona Lukman flying the flag also. I heard them say Rashford is an informed striker. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Borussia Dortmund versus Chelsea. Dortmund? Dortmund. Chelsea. Dortmund Chelsea. going into this five games winning streak. Um, so it should be a very interesting one. Inter Milan versus Porto. Inter Milan versus FC Porto. Who cares? Yeah. Inter. <laughs> uh, Inter Milan and also the Inter fans care well I think Inter I dare you to if you're an Inter fan and you listen to this podcast please get in touch with us we have a gift for you please uh, don't kill me <laughs> uh, yeah um, yeah definitely Inter Milan Porto have been quite good though but um, yeah Inter Milan should should get this one yeah uh, and last but not the least really interested to hear what you guys think about this one 
Paris Saint-Germain versus Bayern Munich. My heart, uh, my heart tells me Paris Saint-Germain. My brain tells me Bayern Munich. So, given the Valentine's season, I'm going to go with my heart to Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, wow, wow, Don't wow, kill wow. me. Don't kill me. Ah, what a Don't twist. Kill me. <laughs> Um, um, I'm all for Bayern, man. Um, I, I know PSG would probably not have Mbappe, and Messi is also highly questionable as well. Um, these guys are not going to do without Mbappe, and you know, if you remove Messi, then it's even more unlikely. Uh, the Bayern squad is buzzing, though, everyone is available, so yeah. they're winning with well, Mbappe, without Mbappe, with Mbappe, oh, oh, without money, money. let me tell yeah, you, first money of all, is, money is on his way back. Mr. Man, and second of all, like Bayern Munich are gonna comfortably beat these guys, like comfortably. It's not even like it's not even up for debate. It's over. It's done for PSG. But hopefully, by God's grace, I make it to Paris this year. We're shutting it down. We're going to go and see Messi. Um, <laughs> the world's best. Good. <laughs> go. You know, I I can't even lie. After that, I woke up, man. Me too. I was like that Ronaldo fan. I said, hands up. Let's say you've did it, you've turned me into a believer. Damola, Not that Damola, you were a Ronaldo fan. I was strikes was really man. quiet too. Yeah. So so here's the thing, right? It's I don't know. Maybe it's because my pops is a Madrid fan. So maybe that's why I had sort of like because Ronaldo just be Mr. Champions League during that treble or that was it four in five years? During that run, it was there was something nasty about it that as much as I hated him for United, I, I had to respect the work he did yeah. On, yeah. The, on the pitch. But like, even then, it's like it's something like I both appreciated them relatively equally, but maybe I leaned a bit towards Ronaldo just because of like big moments, big player. Um, but yeah. in the last in the last like three, four years, man, there's I have Shim holding my mouth up to say, man, Ronaldo is that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, plus, Messi won the damn World Cup. Like he has won yeah. the biggest trophy in all mankind. Although um, my, my, don't worry, my my baby goat was almost stops him. Shout, shout out to Mbappe. Yeah, uh, Mbappe for screaming. me. Mbappe for me is the best player in the world at the moment. Um, he is actually the best player in the world. And 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 high key, not Rashford, well, low key. Bro, Mbappe is best player. Well, Rashford, Rashford needs to Rashford. Ra- Rashford is that was that was sarcasm. No. That was sarcasm. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I will say this though. I wonder. So Mbappe is playing so good already. I wonder what his ceiling is like. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like consistency. Like, I feel like, about I feel consistency. Like Mbappe has hit Mbappe has hit peak levels. Like Mbappe, uh, Mbappe what Mbappe did at this World Cup. Um, he he really cannot do much more than that. It's just about maybe just maintaining the levels at yeah, this point. Yeah, I think it's time. consistency. Yeah, that would that yeah, would. Yeah. But but you know what's weird, right? So I want us to think about like Messi at Mbappe's age. Remember how good Messi looked. But I don't know if you guys had the same feeling though. But like watching Messi then, it still felt like he could get better. As good as he was then, so that's mm-hmm. one thing I look at Mbappe like I'm like. Bro, you may be one of the best players I've ever seen play with my eyes, but is this your peak? Whereas with Messi, and even with Ronaldo at times, I looked at them and I was like, man, you guys still have another level to go. Not just on the consistency bit. And it's like, it's one thing I do wonder about Mbappe, to be honest. I I wonder if maybe, if he has room to go, if he can do that at PSG. I don't think he can do that at PSG. But also, he's at the level where there are not many clubs that can invite him to go to that next level, if that makes and, sense. Man, I'm not sure what Damola is talking about, Sha, because Messi was always fantastic and amazing to me, and he only actually no. got worse in my eyes. But since no, I, okay, I'm I'm talking yeah, about except, except Damola is talking about World Cup. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, bro. Messi, Messi, hold on, hold on, hold on. Messi has been good. You have two minutes on this. There we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. All right. I'll quickly make my point. I don't say Messi peaked at that 96 goal season. Do you guys agree? Fair. Sorry, say that again. You you don't think he peaked? I think he peaked at that 96 goal season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Messi. Or even the year after. Because I think the year after is also when he did the treble. 
Um, so that year and the year after, he picked. But before then, Messi was clearly like he's the best player in the world. And I'm saying, even looking at him then, he looked like he still had room to grow. Right. And that's what I'm wondering with Mbappe, right? Looking at Mbappe now, I look at Mbappe, I'm like, this boy, you are the best player in the world. But what I'm wondering, which I didn't wonder about Messi, is like with Messi, it looked like he could still grow and get better. With Mbappe, I'm not sure if this is his peak. Pochettino says Mbappe has a lot to improve on. Sorry, go on, if I to. I won't lie to you. Messi's peak for me was like between 22 and 26, 22 to 27. That's like Messi's, like Messi's peak, 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 especially those 22, 23 years old. Those were the times where he was like on real levels. He would run, he would, he would track back, pick up the ball from midfield and run all the way and dribble and dribble and dribble and pass the ball or score or do something magical. Um, um, and I did not really think there was much room for growth at from 22, really. He just, you know, he just made things look so crazy. Easy. You know, I, I, yeah, I, 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 at, at that time, at that time. So and you I, think I, I that think... Messi was better than 96 think... goal Messi? Uh, I think that's semantics and is beside your point, right? Yeah, I, I can't recall really in my head which which one was 96 goals yeah. and which one was. And, and I don't, was just to be fair, I just think I, I question the like I question what you were thinking then, really. But anyway, no. Uh, what I was thinking is at that point, Messi had like had trimmed the fact where he still had enough be, of that flash to, that to, to be thin, and that's to be the best player in the world. I, I I think to be the, to be considered the best player in the world, right? You don't just um um you don't just have one great season where you score a hundred goals and then at the end they say oh you're the best player in the world. What did you do last season? I think somehow the coefficient always considers what you were doing before um you know the previous years. Uh, even though we say oh it's, it's Ballon d'Or for 2016 or 2015, you know it's the coefficients consider what you were doing in 2013 and 2012 and 2011 prior to that, and that is why Mbappe. Is just getting into the conversation of Ballon d'Or now because Mbappe has had quite like bro. Mbappe won a World Cup four years ago, did he not? He he won the World Cup as for me personally, he was the best performer in that team. But he was too young to be considered the the the, the best performer in the team, and they gave it to Griezmann, who was really just shooting in penalties. And I mean, Griezmann played pretty well, but the best player in that team was Mbappe, and that was the last World Cup that France won. You know, so I feel like. With Mbappe, you, you you can't just do it now and then they give it to you. You have to do it over a couple of years and then we say, okay, that nigga, yeah. let's watch out for him next. Oh, that nigga is doing it again. You know, and that's how that's how you, you are considered the best one. So Mbappe for me, Mbappe has been at this level for I don't know, man, for like the last man I would oh, yes. say since, since he won the World Cup. Yes, since yeah, he won the last I, World I believe World he has room to grow. To answer your question, Damo, I believe he had room to grow, specifically because Pochettino was uh you can um, pick out elements of his was game. Talking about, yeah, he was talking about him in the World Cup and picked out certain elements to say, okay, he can definitely use this better. He can yes, better for sure. Um, that as good as he but looks, output, now, the things they work out in training, yeah. But output, okay. output, man, man, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if Mbappe does um, any better than he has done in this, in this last piece. Mbappe is going to beat these guys by winning another World Cup, like being on a... But if, if, if Mbappe game. continues at the current, like in his current trajectory, of course he's going to beat these guys. This guy, this guy, this, this, bro, how many goals did he score at this last, last World Cup? Okay. And he just so had like up. what? Yeah, he just had like what? Two, let, two penalties in the final. Let me, let, let me add the, a B part to the question just real quick before we end. Do you think... Those things, Tucker, you were saying that you see he can improve on and even get better. Maybe not on the output end where he improves on it and his output gets better, but just generally improve as a player. Do you think he can do that at PSG or he needs to go somewhere else? I don't think he needs to go anywhere. Um, I think, you, I think you're only saying he needs to go somebody, somewhere else. I, 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 I don't think... I don't more think recognition. I don't think he's. I don't think he's ever going to improve in, in these elements that we're even talking about because the guy is the guy is on top of the world already, and it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a really, really special coach to convince him that he needs to uh, do something different than what he has been doing before. So yeah. I think about his find the way he is, and he's going to continue the way he is. We've got Super Mikateta. He knows exactly what we did. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, it's been a great episode. I think we might need to pick this one up later because, um, yeah, I'm not too sure about one or two of the opinions that have been spewed upon this Mbappe matter. 
Um, but you know, I'm just a host, uh, an all-round football genius. But whatever. <laughs> Lads, any sign-outs <laughs> as we as we head out? Um, yeah, man. No, if I want to go first. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, Jay, well, great, great to be back. Uh, great to be back on the pod. Um, Manchester United making me happy, happy, happy days. Um, yeah, let's keep it going. Um, my sign out will be I think that we're, we're going to witness the best season of the Prem we've seen in a while with three teams fighting for it all to the way to the very end. And I'm excited at what twist and turns come out. Although I know some of them will be slightly ghost wrenching, but hey, it's a process we move. Can I can I say something something else? Man what? United, uh, let me. This is just my. Let's just put it out there. Man United, I'm going to lock in that third place until 36 games are through. Then some guys are just going to sleep up with with two games left, and we shall win the league. Thank you. You'll come second to <laughs> Yo, us now. Ladies first. and gentlemen, it's a wrap. <laughs> Good night. Wow.